Hey, let's, uh, let's join together in prayer. Heavenly Father, I confess that I have a burden, uh, my spirits, in that uh, we would be more aware uh, of your presence, of your goodness, um, that I would be more aware of your presence uh, and goodness. Because if we are uh, true uh, to confess, uh, we're not. Um, we go about our lives, we even go about our church life, and uh, we, we miss uh, seeing you so often. Uh, we do see you, but I just pray that all of us uh, would be more aware uh, in this season as we start getting crazy with, um, with, with parties and presents and plans uh, that we're aware of you, uh, of your presence in our world and hopefully in our life, uh, in your goodness, that you're good, that you are good. Uh, so, so that's my prayer uh, for me, for my family, for our church, uh, this Advent season, that we would be aware of your presence and your goodness. Because you are here and you are good, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Um, you can take your Bible and you can turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to be in Luke 1. Uh, read about 15 verses, verse 5 through through 20. Before we do that, uh, just a couple words. Again, this is uh, first Sunday of Advent. Uh, we will celebrate it more tonight with a candlelight service. Uh, we will light an Advent candle. And uh, Advent is, is celebrating uh, that Jesus comes. He comes past, present, and future. That he has come in the past, uh, and this is something that we can easily lose sight of, but we know the Sunday school answer that, yeah, I know Jesus came. No, it's a historical fact. Jesus came, Jesus Christ came in history 2,000 plus years ago. Uh, he comes in the present, though. He's here today, and hopefully you'll let him in, in your heart, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He comes in the present. Whatever present it is, today or tomorrow or the next day, he comes in the present and he will come again, literally, uh, in the sky, through the sky, uh, to this earth in the future. So this season is all about Jesus coming, not just the past event, the present today and the future. And each Sunday there's a theme and today's Sunday is about hope. Hope. Uh, Everybody loves hope. I love hope. Uh, we want to hope in things. Often we hope in our children. It's a great thing. God bless. But often our hopes uh, are what I call misplaced. Uh, we misplace our hopes. And that leads to, can lead to a lot of bitterness, a lot of doubt, a lot of suffering, a lot of brokenness. So we want to put our hope in the right place, the right person. So let's look at Luke chapter 1. I'm going to read verse Five through 20. This is kind of a, a prelude to the traditional Christmas story, but we're going to look at it in a, a different way as we look at all of the traditional Christmas stories over Advent. Starting with verse 5, uh, it says, and again, in history, a time, a period, Luke uh, says it plain, in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. 
And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now, while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before them in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you And bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Stop right there. You ever notice this? And and you may not have. The only way I notice is because I looked at two different ways of saying how in the Bible. Uh, This one that we just read from Zechariah and another one we will read tonight uh, from Mary. Uh, often a lot of us will say how, like, like how is that going to happen? But there are two types of hows. Uh, there's the doubting how, as in like, you know, you know how is that going to happen? Translation is there is no way that that's going to happen, you know? That's what you're really saying. How is it going to happen? But really, I mean, you, have, you don't believe at all. I mean, you don't really think it can happen. So you say, well, how and it's really, it's doubting. The other way is more expectant uh, and with more excitement uh, and honestly with more joy. Like, how is that going to happen? As in like, you believe it will and it can and you look forward with anticipation to seeing how things play out and just seeing how it uh, evolves and develops, whatever that thing is. And so all of us can safely say, and always do, one version of how. It's either a doubting how, you know, how is that going to happen? Usually it's like how blankety blanks that going to happen, you know, to be honest. Or it is a believing how, an expectant how. Like, how is that going to happen? I can't wait to see how that happens, because I know it will. And so one thing to think about is, you know, how is your how that, that you ask? You know, like, Another way of saying it is, how's your life? You know, could you come in here and if you had to list both complaints and blessings, which list would be bigger? Complaints or blessings? Because that plays into your how. I mean, if you're like, you know, just disjointed in life and, and, and bitter and frustrated and disappointed, that how is going to be really probably doubtful. Uh, if you have 
maybe not everything that you've wanted, but you still have something inside you uh, that just believes in not even the goodness of people, because the gospel doesn't start there, but the goodness and presence of our Lord, as we sang about, he said, man, how? How with excitement? How with blessing? How with anticipation? We say one or the other. We really live one or the other, because we can't see the future. So it's either living in doubt or living in belief. And we see this in Zechariah. We will see it tonight in Mary. I've always wondered why they, they show, they put so much emphasis on Zechariah, but as we'll see in the passage tonight, it contrasts to Mary. And it's the same word, how. So I want to look at Zechariah, and then I want to look at us. And like, why would Zechariah say how the way he says how? Because you're like, well, how do you know he said it? You weren't there. I wasn't. But Gabriel says, you're going to shut up for a while because you didn't believe. And he says it clearly. He says, because you did not believe my words. And I love, I love this passage. He said, I am Gabriel, period. So like, dude, I, I stand in the presence of God. And you ask me how like that. So we're just going to be quiet for a while. Okay, bro? Translation. So why would, he, why, would he do, why would he not believe standing in front of Gabriel? Maybe he was, um, maybe he had put his hope in things that he shouldn't be putting his hope in. Maybe like us, he had misplaced his hope. And it's very interesting, it's key here. He says, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. Now, I know, I can't even pronounce that word. Abijah, Abijah, I don't know. But the division, if you do a little background, this was the most powerful of the priests. So he was in the, you know, the Mac Daddy of the priesthood. He was in the, the best group, the best class. He was in the best social circle of priesthood. Also, he'd married well. He'd married well. It says Elizabeth was the daughter of Aaron. Uh, who was Aaron? You might remember their Sunday school lesson. Who's Aaron? Somebody can respond. I don't want to have to ask on Neil, but I will. Anybody? Aaron was. Aaron was Moses' brother, right? And Aaron ended up being really the father of the priesthood. So here was a daughter of Aaron. So he'd married up, married well, you know, married into the right family. He was a priest, but it says they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. Both were advanced in years. Perhaps Zechariah here had become a bitter man. I think he had. Uh, because, I think he had because of his how. It's like, how's that going to happen? Because see, he had put his hope in, uh, first off, his job, his work as a priest. He's like, hey, I do good works. I'm in the best group of priests. And, you know, it ain't paying any dividends because I ain't got no kids. And my wife is barren. So I got no successor. You know, and life has not, I would say, treated me fairly. So there's that. Then he could say, I thought I married well, and I mar- but I married a lady who will not give me a child. Thanks, God, as I'm serving you so well with all my godly duties, going to the temple, doing all this good stuff for you, and don't have a family, don't have kids to go home to, sit around the table with whatever feasts they would have in that day and time. Zechariah's hopes were misplaced. 
which led to his house being very, very wrong. He placed his hopes in job, career, status, even family. And he wasn't getting what he thought he would get. So for him, the future wasn't too bright. And even the blessing, I mean, imagine this. You're standing in front of Gabriel. And it's like, man, how's that going to happen? Translation, that's not going to happen. Let's say he was a, a bitter man. He had been hardened by the tragedies of life. So what about us? I, I think this passage can teach us a, a ton. Because it goes back to where do we place our hopes? And where we place our hopes determine how we say the how. So, so where do we place our hopes? Um, let me say this. I am, and those who know me know, I, I am bought into Christmas. Amen? I mean, like I am, I am bought in. I mean, look, I just got the lights strung last night. I am late. We are late, okay? Um, a few lights outside, uh, but we got a lot more to put up. Right, sweetie? Amen? She's silent. Anyway... <laughs> We got a lot more to put up. Uh, I've been, you know, I cranked up the Christmas tunes. You know, I try to hold off uh, the first week of November. It's tough. It's tough. But November 8th, 10th, I mean, they are rocking and going. And, you know, so decorations. uh, I'm a little worried about Christmas cards and getting that out, you know, before. You know, it's not going to be December 15th by this point. But but I love sending those. Uh, We'll see who gets one this year. Try to save a little bit. You know, no offense if you don't. Just trying to save a little money. Um, you know, Christmas, I mean, I, look, I am bought in, you know, this whole deal. But I have learned uh, my hope must not be in Christmas. In, in the, I'll call it again, the, just the, the, the cheddar, cheesy, uh, just lovey-dovey Christmas. And, and a lot of y'all would say, oh, man, you are like cheddar cheesy because you, you'll roll with Christmas music November and decorations and everything. But I would push back on this. Just about everybody gets cheesy over Christmas. Just about everybody. Even if you don't do the decorations, if you don't do the music. Because we believe that this is a time of year that, that perfection begins to happen. Okay? Like, like we believe, like Christmas morning... We're going to get that Red Ryder BB gun, whatever that is, okay? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, we believe Christmas morning, man, that the family's finally going to be at peace. Like we're going to just, it, it's all going to be good. Relationships will be healed. And, and you can say you don't, but we dream, you know, that Christmas morning. We put so much pressure on ourselves. We even do it at church, the perfect Christmas Eve service, the candlelights, you know, and just everything. And it's just so special. And we've got the family. And I got my family. You got your family. And we're all here. And it's just like, you know, it is a glimpse of heaven, but it's not heaven. It's not Jesus coming again. And so our hope is in, is in this time, is in this feeling, is in this season of love, joy, and peace. But at the end of the day, it is a misplaced hope. Because December 26th cometh, and January 2nd cometh. And it's even, and we got some counselors in here, but we have a a diagnosis post-Christmas for for the misplaced hope and joy of Christmas. You know, it's called the after-Christmas blues. 
You know, January Debbie Downers, whatever that is. And it's real. And part of the problem is how we look at this and what we place our hope in. And it's really not Jesus. It's this combination of perfect family and perfect food and perfect gifts. And, you know, you'll have the, um, you know, just, just this perfect season. And it's misplaced. And guilt is charged right here. So that's, that's one thing coming up that, that we can misplace our hope in. Our hope should be in, in Jesus. You say, yeah, he is, yeah, he is. But often the hope is like, well, manger and sweet. And man, it was gritty. It was teenage, teenage girl, 13, they say. Okay, not married, scandal there. Uh, stable, stunk, cow dung. I don't know if I can say that, but I'm not saying something else. You know, all that stuff. Manger, flee to Egypt. Oh, by the way, Herod slaughtered kids, two and under. Crazy stuff. That was the past. But Jesus here today, today, now, in the present, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and the hope, the hope that all, all things will be made new. All things will be made right. All relationships will be healed. Uh, the Red Rider BB gun will be so much better than any of us can fathom when the Lord returns. New heavens, new earth, new bodies, all of that. That should be our hope. And it can, it can happen any time. I, I do believe it's going to happen soon. Just frankly, I don't know if it's my lifetime, maybe it's my kids. I think, it's, I think he's coming soon. Hoping that. We misplace our hopes. Christmas here, spend a lot of time on that, but other times of year, we hope in our career. We hope in this job. We really think this job's a stepping stone and hope in that next job. We hope in our family, and I love family. I always say, I love my wife and kids, you know. I mean, I love being a pastor, but I always say this, man, you're my wife and kids, I will with, with pleasure start a prison ministry, okay, easily. You didn't really catch that, okay? But listen, I started prison. You heard my kids, man. I love my family. That's not where our hope should be. That's not where our hope should be. We misplace our hopes, and life burns us out, and life fries us. Many of you are fried here today because of misplaced hopes, and that ends up being a very, very doubtful how that you throw at God, or you throw at a Christian brother and sister that tries to speak a word into your life. Just saying. So, you know, oh, here's another thing. I've, I've heard this before. Several folks say, well, you know, man, if an angel talked to me, you know, I'd believe. Or if an angel gave me that word, man, I'd be back on track. You know, if Gabriel stood before me, I'd have a different response. Brothers and sisters, we have something Zechariah did not have. We have God's word, okay? Okay. The word of God. Now, I got no amens on that, which is okay, but it is indicative because I see this over and over again in Christians, and I've seen it in my own life in the past. Like, we love our kind of version, hope for Christianity about, you know, sweetness of family and and social work of missions, which is all good. But I hear folks say, well, you know, Christianity is the most important thing in my life but really give no due diligence or discipline just to reading the Bible. 
This is God's word. This is something Zechariah did not have. So we have the Old Testament. We got the new. We got the new covenant. We got resurrection. We got Jesus coming again. We got the Holy Spirit working in Acts. We got so much more. There is a, I do believe in angels. I believe angels show up. I believe angels showed up in the Bible. There is a reason that maybe there are less literal experience of angels because we got the Word of God. The Word of God. We got the church. Zechariah didn't have the church. We got the church, which is, and I'll say this, you know, till I either meet the Lord or go home to be with Him, it is plan A and there's no plan B. The church, the gathering, that God works through a lot of broken, you know, jacked up folks like me to make a mosaic. And, you know, you can say, and you're so right, well, that's a bunch of group of hypocrites. You should feel right at home. That's it. For real. You should. We have the church. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is talked about over and over in God's Word. He's poured out in full. He comes to us right now. And you have His voice. You can speak to Him. And by the way, the Holy Spirit is like, He's God. Third person of the Trinity. That means He's He's God. We have so much more. We don't need Gabriel. You have God? Do you need an angel? He's right here. You have God's Word, God's breath. Do you need Gabriel? No. I'd rather have this than seeing Gabriel. I'll see Gabriel one day. Hopefully you will too. I'd rather have His Word right now. So, I mean, I pray that Pray that there is an awareness of God, a goodness of God in the things of God, which is the Bible, which is the church, which is the Spirit. And that our hope is not misplaced. Because for many folks, and I say us, okay, it is and can be. So where should our hope be? I want to throw a scripture. We'll look more at it tonight with Mary. But 1 Peter 1, these verses will be up on screen. 1 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4. May your hope, may our hope be in Him. Like really. Like not fake. Like not Sunday school version. 1 Peter 1. This is Peter. Peter who denied. Peter who was changed. He says, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy... Mercy would mean a gift. That's free. He has caused us to be born again. Born again. Many of you need to be born again. Period. Many of, many of you need to be born again. I always say this. Life with Jesus means a change. Maybe this Christmas you could be born again. Maybe this Christmas is like Easter. Praise God for you. To be born again to a living hope. That means a hope that won't die. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance. It's a word many of us like. I mean, something's coming. Inheritance that is imperishable, that will not be destroyed, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. A living hope that won't die, that's based in Jesus Christ, who causes us to be born again, that we are recreated. You are created in the image of God. Some of you may not have been recreated to be God's son or daughter in Jesus Christ. A living hope with an inheritance that is imperishable, that will not be destroyed. I'll close with this. Uh, many of you are just fried. 
And it's like, it, it's not going into a slow time of year. You know? It's only going to get busier the next month. And, and many of you are fried, and, and a week's vacation will not help. It's compounded upon years and years, maybe of disappointments, maybe of burdens, but for sure misplaced hopes. That can change in a moment, in an instance, when your hope is in Jesus Christ, when you see Him as great and you see Him as glorious. And, and I pray over Advent as we look at these, these stories of God speaking and God coming and God's glory from angels, you'll see anew His greatness. And some of you might even say, I want that hope that is real. And you will allow God into your life and in a moment be born again or what we call saved. That's from the Bible and be made new. And this Christmas will be more spectacular than any other because your hope is not in that perfect Christmas morn, but in the perfection of Jesus Christ and that He will give in coming again and that He's here right now. Amen? Amen? Pray you would have that. Some of, you, some of you desperately need it. Desperately. Because I don't want you to be fried. I want you to be aware of his goodness and his presence. He's good. But it does entail a change. It does entail a different hope and placing hope in a different person. And you can do that right now. But you can do it any moment of any day. But we always give an opportunity to do it in prayer. So let's pray together. The worship team will come up, we'll sing, and we'll respond. Heavenly Father, your hope is all there is. Uh, I pray that we would all be made aware uh, of your presence and your goodness. And I pray you forgive us when we throw our hope at some things that are bad, uh, but some things that can can look really, really good, uh, but will ultimately... Ultimately, leave us hanging, and you never will. So I pray that we know the living hope. We know uh, who gives life, who's the author of life, and who saves us. And you would be our hope. I pray these here today that for some, uh, you would be their hope in you today. Maybe tonight, maybe this month. Uh, we know it's possible. We know it can happen. And I pray that uh, we would see change, change in our church. Because I want to see change over and over and over again, year after year change in people's lives, a love for God's word, a belief in the power of the church, a greater belief in the power of your spirit. In your name we pray, amen.